Good morning. Good to be with you. Good to see all of you this morning. Good to have some of you back. I know that sickness has really went through our church recently, and we've had a lot of people who are not feeling well, and they're starting to feel better and come back, and we'll continue to pray for those that don't still feel well and that they'll be able to rejoin us very soon. As Nicole mentioned, we are starting a new series this morning in the book of Joshua. So if you have your Bibles and want to follow along, Joshua chapter 1. I'm very stoked about this new series. I think God really wants to take our church to another level, which is why he led me to, to this series of messages this morning. And by the way, I'm sure you saw as you came in, if you forgot, that today is Communion Sunday. And at the end, we will be remembering our Lord's sacrifice uh, in the ordinance of communion. Uh, just a reminder that uh, the bread, for those of you that might not partake, if you have an allergy, is gluten-free, so you're okay there. The wine is non-alcoholic, and uh, wanted to let especially new folks know about that. And uh, Teresa and her team will be coming and will be guiding you through of when you come up and get the uh, bread in the cup and then go back to your seats and then we'll all partake together. By the way, uh, the song we're going to be singing uh, too as we take the elements today is Promises, the same song that you just learned. Uh, I think you'll see how appropriate that song is. Uh, to wrap things up with today in the Lord's house. I want to begin by saying this. God has a will and a plan for us as individuals. But God also has a plan and a will for a community of believers, for local churches like ours. He has a plan and a will to take us as a group to a certain destination, if you will. God has always worked that way. Now, in our study of Joshua, we're going to be focusing on that aspect, that God wants to take us as a community of believers somewhere, okay? But everything we're going to be talking about throughout this series, you and I can apply also to our individual lives and to our individual walk with God because the principles are the same. God still wants to take you and I somewhere, just as he wants to take all of us somewhere. In fact, when you come to Joshua chapter 1, I'm just going to begin reading in verse 1. After Moses, the Lord's servant, died, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Get ready. Get ready. One of the things that we note there, too, is that notice God's plan and will for a group of people is multi-generational. It goes way beyond us. Once servants of the Lord die and go to heaven, God raises up another generation after them to continue. It's bigger than any of us, but God wants us to be part of this multi-generational movement that God wants to take his people to. And God was saying to his people here in the Old Testament, I want you to get ready. I want you to get ready for more. 
more that I want to do with you, more that I want to take you to. I want you to get ready to move. I want you to stop sort of just settling and sitting where you're at and be willing to be pliable and, and to, to move to my leading. Now, it doesn't always mean that we have to move physically. That may be part of it. But it's more of a heart thing. God just wants to see that his people are, are willing to cooperate with whatever moving he's doing inside of us, to be willing to go where he wants to go, to do what he wants to do. He's looking for not just us as individuals, but us as a group, as a church, to move in the same direction. And God was saying the same thing to his people here. Get ready to move. Get ready for more. Notice what God says at the end of verse 2. He says to Joshua, lead these people into the land which I am ready to hand over to them. Don't miss those three words, I am ready. Listen, God laid this sermon series on my heart because God said to me, the pastor of this church, I'm now ready to take you all to another level with me. God says, I'm ready. I guess the question would be, are we ready? Are we ready? Notice three other, or two other times in Joshua chapter 1. At the end of verse 11, it is reiterated, reemphasized, affirmed. God is ready. And then in the middle of verse 15, God is ready. I want us to ask ourselves the question today, how many of us are ready for more? Are, are not satisfied and complacent and content where we are, not just as individuals, because we could apply it that way, but as a church, to say God has more for us as the Oasis Church, and are we willing as a group to be part of that movement in heading in the same direction and going after the more that God has for us? Because God is ready. Are we ready? Now, in order for any of us to be ready when God is ready to move his people, God needs a people that have an awareness of his purposes, an awareness of his promises, an awareness of his presence, and an awareness of the partnership that God wants to have with his people. So I want to talk about that for a minute. Let's first talk about God needing a people who have an awareness of his purposes when it comes to being on the move and desiring the more that God has for us. Keep your finger in Joshua and go back to the book of Exodus, to Exodus chapter 6, the second book of the Bible. I want you to see a principle here. Exodus chapter 6, and I'm going to begin in verse 6. Exodus 6, verse 6. Six. This is God speaking through Moses to the people of Israel. He says, therefore, tell the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from your enslavement to the Egyptians. I will rescue you from the hard labor they impose, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you to myself for a people, and I will be your God 
then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from your enslavement to the Egyptians, and then I will bring you to the land I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. I want you to primarily note two phrases in those verses. God said, I'm going to bring you out so that I could bring you to or could bring you in somewhere else. See, to God... Our deliverance, our rescue, our salvation, just as it was for the Jews in the Old Testament, is not the end. This is why here at the Oasis, we constantly remind ourselves that salvation, our salvation, our trust and faith in Jesus Christ is not the end. I mean, it's great that we know the Lord and that we've been saved and that we have our sins forgiven and we know we're going to heaven when we die. Not a thing wrong with that. That's great. But that's just the beginning of the purposes of God for his people. God did not deliver his people even out of Egypt and say, okay, I freed you now. Now just go and do what you want. No, God said, I got more for you. I'm bringing you out because I've got this land over here. And I want to move all of you to that because I want you to experience more with me. And the only way you're going to really truly be able to experience all that I want you to experience with me in this life as God is for you to be part of a group of people who are willing to move with me in the same direction. Can I say that's why it breaks a heart of pastors like myself who find in this day and age so much lack of commitment and priority to the local church? Because I think to myself, what people are missing, what Christians are missing today, because they're out there maybe doing things on their own, but they're not truly engaged and knit together with another group of believers, and that they're part of uh, this movement of God where God wants to not just move us individually places, but where God wants to move all of us in the same direction. Because if you're not part of a local church like that or you're not part of a community of believers like that, you're missing out. You will never experience what only God can do through a group of people moving in the same direction if you're not part of a community of believers consistently where you are there and you are faithful and you are part of what God is doing week in and week out. God wanted to bring us out so that he could bring us to something else or bring us into something new, something more, something more than what we've ever experienced up to this point. And that's exactly what God spoke to me about. He said, Jeff, here's where the oasis is now, but I want to take them even further. They've come to this level. I need them to be willing as a group to go with me even further. And it's as we work with God to do that, that you and I will grow in ways and experience God in ways and see God move and work in ways that we could never any other way, including even our own lives. Because there's something about the dynamic of God doing it in community, in a corporate setting that makes all the difference in the world. And then will you go with me to the book of Deuteronomy for a second? Deuteronomy chapter 8 just over a couple books. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to begin in verse 7. 
Deuteronomy 8, 7, for the Lord your God is bringing you to a good land, a land of brooks, springs, and fountains flowing forth in valleys and hills, a land of wheat, barley, vines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive trees and honey, a land where you may eat food in plenty and find no lack of anything, a land whose stones are, are, are iron and from whose hills you can mine copper. You will eat your fill and then praise the Lord your God because of the good land he's given you. Notice that God ties our worship and, and the inspiration of our worship and the motivation of our worship to following him and experiencing the more that he has for us. He says, if you're not willing to go to this land that I want to give you, then you'll never experience all the blessings that I have for you there that I can't give you while you're still here. And then if you don't experience that, you won't have more to worship me for because you're not moving with me and you're not experiencing the more. He says, when you get there, oh my goodness, it's going to stir your praise. It's going to stir, stir your worship because you're going to then be able to experience the goodness of, of me in a way that you never could if you just stayed where you were. See, if you go back then to Joshua chapter 1, this is why God needs a people who have an awareness of his purposes. This is the way God has always worked. He wants to take us out so that he can bring us in. He wants to take us from here, and he wants to keep us going and making progress for more and more. He never wants a people to sort of just be willing to just sort of sit and settle there. Now, again, that doesn't mean that it means that you and I always have to physically be moving and changing. It just means we have to be willing to go with the moving of God. And that is being aware of his purposes, you see. Not to ever get complacent. That's why it was such a tragedy that because of the unbelief of the generation before this one, they wandered and basically just spun for 40 years going around the same territory and then just watching them all die off because they did not want to go. They did not believe. They did not trust in the promises of God. They did not want the more. All they cared about was even some of them, oh, let's go back to Egypt. It was better for us back there. Wow. These were the people of God. These weren't pagans. And so God said, because of your unbelief, because of your unwillingness to keep following me, you'll just wander. And you know what I see today? I see a lot of Christians who just are spinning. They're just wandering. They, they, they have no clear direction forward in their life, both individually and especially as part of a group of people. They don't have leaders in their life who say clearly to them, this is what God is saying, and this is where God wants us to go, and casting a vision before them, and captivating their vision, and their hearts, and their minds, and saying, let's go, let's do this together. Well, I want to tell you here at the Oasis, that's exactly what God is doing. God is saying to all of us, I have more for you as a church. I want you to be ready. Get ready, because I'm ready. Are we ready? Are we ready for the more that God has for us? First, it starts with an awareness of his purposes. Second, an awareness of his promises. 
Notice back in Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. I am handing over to you every place you set foot, and then don't miss these next three words, as I promised. And then Moses. I made a promise, and I'm going to keep my promises. We certainly sung about that this morning, right? That's what this is all based on. Not just the purposes of God, but the promises of God. The reason why God was so upset with that group of people that wandered for 40 years is he gave them promises through generation after generation, going all the way back to Abraham that we're learning about on Wednesday night. I love how God set this up to dovetail with our Wednesday night study in the book of Genesis with the life of Abraham now to where we are in Joshua. And they're both tying everything so well together because Abram had to do the same thing. He had to be willing to follow the call of God and move with God and come out of his homeland and go follow wherever God led him. God always is looking for a people like that a people who are willing for, to move, a people who, who want more in their life than what they have already. And it's based on the promises of God. Notice in verse 6, be strong and brave, courageous. You must lead these people in the conquest of this land solemnly, or that I solemnly promised their ancestors I would hand over to them. God is saying this is not only based on my purposes, this is based on my promises. I told you I would give you this land, but you have not as of yet truly believed in my promises, trusted in my promises, rested in my promises. Listen, the promises of God are the foundation for what we do here. When God makes a promise, we have to go, that's it. God said it. We've got to believe it. Even if it hasn't come to fulfillment yet, we've got to keep moving in the direction of his promises because we know that God is absolutely trustworthy and reliable and dependable and faithful. God cannot lie. And he's looking for a group of people who not only are aware of his, of his purposes, but aware of his promises and live by those promises every day and cling to those promises every day and who know those promises and meditate upon those promises and have their life built on those promises. The solid rock of the promises of God. As we move forward in this series, part of the reason why Nicole felt led of the Lord to, to teach us this new song and to introduce this song, Promises, is because you're going to be hearing a lot about the promises of God. And maybe throughout this series, maybe it will cause some of us to go back to his word and look up those promises and, and memorize those promises and familiarize ourselves with those promises because it is the promises of God that become not only the foundation of our life but the fuel of our life for living our life for God and for following him and being ready when God is ready to say, I'm ready to give you more. I'm ready for my people to move. Are we ready to move? Then we are because we're like, yeah, I know your purpose is God. I know your promises. We are a people who are ready. And speaking of one of those promises, it ties into the third point of the message today, and that's a people aware of his presence. Because notice what we see in verse 9. God says to Joshua, I repeat, be strong and brave, courageous. Don't be afraid. 
Don't be in awe of anything but me, God says. And don't panic or be discouraged. For here it is. I, the Lord, your God, am with you in all you do. God's presence is with us continually. He will never leave his people or abandon or forsake his people. He is with us in everything that we do. Therefore, we should always be willing to go with him because we never go alone. We never go alone individually, and we will never go alone as a church. Never once have we ever walked alone, as we just sung about. God is with us, and, and the awareness of his presence with his people is powerful. It's why we're going to see in a couple weeks the Ark of the Covenant was the symbol of God's presence amongst his people and why that symbol was so powerful and such a powerful inspiration and motivation for his people. When they saw the Ark of the Covenant with their eyeballs, they knew God was with us. Well, guess what? Through the Holy Spirit that you and I have as New Testament Christians, we don't need a box to tell us God is with us. God is inside of us, and through God's Spirit being inside of us, we now are aware of God's presence even being amongst us here. That's why when you and I come on Sundays and Wednesday nights and stuff, we can sense the presence of God here because the presence of God is already inside of us. And when you and I live with the awareness of God's presence, there is nothing we can shouldn't be willing to do or tackle knowing it's of God and know where we should not be willing to go, which is why I want to direct your attention back up to verse 5. Notice what God says to his people here and what he wants Joshua, their leader, to communicate to them. No one, don't miss that, that God doesn't qualify that. No one will be able to resist you to stop you, to deter you, to hinder you, to impede you all the days of your life. Why? Because as I was with Moses, so I will be with you, the awareness of God's presence. God says, you realize, if I'm with you and you're with me and you're following me, you're unstoppable, you're invincible, because anything or anyone that you come up against can't stop me. I'm the unstoppable God. I'm the invincible God. I've never lost a battle yet. There's nothing in this universe that's bigger or greater or stronger than me. So if you're with me and my presence is with you, there is no one that can stop you. Man, we as a church need to hear that. I'm not just talking about the Oasis Church. I'm talking about Big C Church. We need churches and Christians to realize that when God moves and God says, this is where I want you to go, that there is nothing or no one in this universe that can stop us. Because he's God, the one true God, the Lord of hosts, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the master of the universe, the sovereign of the universe. And God is looking for a people who are ready for more, who are ready to move because we have an awareness of his purposes, an awareness of his promises, and an awareness of his presence, which makes you and I unstoppable force in the world in which we live. 
But that doesn't mean that you and I can just sort of sit back very passively and say, okay, God, you got more for us? Just take us there. No. God says it's a partnership. And you got to have some skin in the game because I'm not just going to hand it to you. You got to work for it. You got to put forth some effort. You, you got to be willing to fight for what is my best in your life to experience it. You got, you got, to, you got to fight for the more because it's not just going to come to you. Uh, it's not just going to be laid in your lap which is why you'll notice a couple of these phrases that's repeated throughout chapter 1. Look at verse 6. Why does God keep telling his people, including the leaders, to be strong and courageous? Because he says you must lead them, verse 6, in the conquest of this land, taking possession of what God wants to hand over to us. But we've got to take it for ourselves. It's there, and God says you can have it, but we just can't sit where we are and experience it. We've got to be willing to go and take possession of our possessions through God. Look at verse 11. He says, go through the camp and command the people, prepare your supplies, get everything ready because we're moving out within three days and you will cross the Jordan River. You will move, you will advance beyond where you've ever been before and you will begin what? The conquest of the land, taking possession of it. Look at verse 14. The word battle is right there towards the end of verse 14. All you warriors must cross over armed for the battle ahead of your brothers. You must help them until the Lord gives your brothers a place like yours to settle and they conquer the land that your God is ready to hand over to them. Are we willing to fight for what God has for us? Because that's the mentality, that's the perspective, that's the mindset God needs in his people because he's not just going to hand it over to us. And not just because God isn't just going to hand it over to us, because if you and I don't work for something and don't put some skin and blood, sweat, and tears into stuff, it doesn't mean anything. But there's also the other aspect. The reason why you and I have to be willing to fight for it is because our flesh, first of all, our flesh doesn't want to go anywhere with God. And our flesh, our old human nature... It likes being just sitting down spiritually. It likes just staying in our little comfort zone that we've created over the last couple months or weeks or even years. It doesn't want to get out of the comfort zone. I like where I'm at, God. I'm not really dealing with too many things, and I've gotten used to things in this little zone here, and now you're telling me i, I got to be willing to move, but I don't know what's out there. Even though God's promised, it's, it's the best thing you'll ever experience. And yet so many Christians are like, no, my flesh resists going. And then there's also the reason why we've got to fight is because if you and I start to progress and go further with God, guess what? Our spiritual enemy is not just going to sit back either passively and just say, oh, 
You as a church, you, you want to experience God in a greater and deeper way? You want to see God move in your midst like never before? Oh, sure, go ahead. I, I won't bother you. No, Satan will be more active than he's ever been before. He will throw up more opposition and more distractions and try to get us discouraged as much as possible because the last thing Satan wants is a group of people who are totally committed to God. There's nothing that puts fear into the devil like seeing a group of people that are totally on fire for God. That, that starts to shake the devil up a little bit. It's one thing to have a, a Christian here and a, and a Christian over there and, you know, Christians scattered about, whatever. But, but when a group of Christians gets together, oh my, what God can do through a group of Christians who are all moving in the same direction with God. Look out, that's an unstoppable force. And God knows it and Satan knows it too. And that's why Joshua says, you got to be willing to fight for it because it's not going to come easy. There's going to be battles, and I need warriors, and I need soldiers, and I need people to be willing to get out of their comfort zone if they want to experience the more that God has for them. That's what this whole series is about, that journey with God. This group of people finally... <laughs> Aware of his purposes, aware of his promises, aware of his presence, and aware that this is a partnership, that they're not just going to get it handed to them, and it's not going to be easy. There's going to be battles, and there's going to be conquest, and there's going to be conflict, but it's going to be all worth it because as we saw from Deuteronomy chapter 8, that land, that experience that God has for his people is beyond anything you and I could comprehend at this point. And God has the same purpose for this church. God is saying, I love where you have been and where you're, you've gone these first 12 years of existence. But guess what? I don't want you to rest on your laurels. I don't want you to get used to just sitting down and getting comfortable with what you've accomplished up to this point. I have more for you. And I need to look down and see a group of hearts there at the Oasis who are willing to get up and get ready and move with me because I want you to experience the more that I have for you. God says get ready are we ready to go are we ready to go god is ready are we ready you know one of the motivations of why the entire nation moved with joshua at this point because let's face it you can't get everybody to buy into anything right <laughs> You can't. I mean, think about it. The entire nation, as we're going to see in two weeks, after next week, what I love next week. In two weeks, in Joshua 3, the entire nation crossed over the Jordan River. That, that should just cause like, wow. You mean they all bought in? Yeah, you know one of the powerful reasons why? Because that generation... Saw for 40 years the unbelieving older generation just spin and just saw them drop dead day after day after day. That's that pretty powerful. Like, oh, no, no, we don't want to be what they were. We're going because they missed out. 
And they will never experience what God has for us. Thank God we're part of a generation under the leadership of Joshua who are willing to get up off of our, you know, rear ends and move with God. Because I don't want to be part of a generation that is satisfied just to sit where we are and not go further with God. God said, I brought you out so that I can bring you in. I brought you out so that I could bring you to. And God has so much more for us as a church than just what we've experienced to this point. The same thing is true with us individually. God didn't just save you to be saved. God saved you and I to experience all that he has for us even individually in this life. And the only way we can do that is the same way that these people did it, and that is to be willing to get ready and move when God tells us to move. That's why today's communion might be a little bit different as far as the flavor than what we're used to as Christians. Because I'm not here to say that, that we should not come to this point of, of, of partaking communion in just a few moments and not remember the sacrifice of the Lord. That's why he instituted it. Do this in remembrance of me. But there is a tie-in to what we're talking about here. God said, I did not save you, deliver you, rescue you for that to be it. I have more to place into your lap. I, I have more to put into your hands. I, I have more that I want you to experience. So to me, there's no greater way to honor the death, the burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ than not just to believe and trust in him as our Savior, but to be willing to go all the way with him wherever he wants to take us. Because he didn't just come to this earth to die on the cross for our sins in order that we might come into a relationship and be saved from our sin and be rescued and delivered. He came to this earth, died on the cross, rose from the dead so that his people as a corporate body of believers and as us as individuals would be willing to go with him for all that he has for us and not be satisfied to stay where we are. So in just a few moments, when we are dismissed by Teresa's team and we begin to sing that song, Promises, again, as we partake of the elements, I want you to think of this. When you come up to the table and you are given those elements, I want you to think about not just remembering the sacrifice of our Lord today. I want you to think and contemplate about the fact that God also did this because he wanted me to be aware of his purposes, his promises, his presence, and his partnership, and to be willing to take whatever he wants to give me and be willing to go all the way with him not just to establish a relationship with him, but to go all the way, to get ready, to move, to get ready for more. And I guess I would say that as we hold those elements in our hands today, before we all partake of them in a few minutes, that's a question we all need to ask ourselves at this point. Because I'm telling you, 
God is ready. There, there is no question in my mind as the leader of our church, God, just like he was here in Joshua 1, God is ready to give us more. God is ready to hand more over to us. The only question is, are we? Are we ready for the more that God has for us? Let's pray as our worship team comes. Father God, you are such an amazing God. You're, you're not just for our life for a moment. You're, you're for our life and in our life from the day we were born to the day throughout eternity and every moment in between. And you've got a perfect plan and will for each of our lives and for the life of us as a community of believers. And it always involves being willing to go further with you than where we are right now. To not be satisfied, to not be complacent, to be fearful of getting out of our comfort zone and unwilling to maybe take on something new or to follow you into a territory we've never been before. God, that was the whole problem with your Old Testament people. Their unbelief and their fear kept them from experiencing all that you had for them in this life. God, I pray that that would not be the case for us at the Oasis. That, God, we would not allow our unbelief and our fear and that we would not allow our lack of unity from grabbing hearts all over this church and for moving all of us, God, across our Jordan River, whatever that is. God, may we settle into your promises. May we trust in your faithfulness, God. And as we pick up these elements, how can we not be reminded of how faithful you have been to us? And God, how faithful you will continue to be to us throughout the rest of our life. Stir our hearts, God. May we allow you to move today, God, and move us. These things we pray in Jesus' name, amen.